Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Tracy B. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. We talked about Maggie Lena Walker on the show this week. And wow, I was not fully aware of how much she accomplished in her lifetime. I knew about chartering the bank. I knew about becoming president of the bank. Uh, I knew that in the process of all of her work, she became one of the wealthiest uh, Black women in the United States living at the time that she lived. Um, Didn't know about the Emporium or the newspaper or the many, 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 many organizations that she played a leadership role in. Uh, that just went way beyond my basic understanding of her from having her on my episode shortlist for so long. She is inspiring as all get out and also um, makes me want to take a nap. <laughs> I'm like, Whew, that's a lot of work. That's an overwhelming amount of work to consider. Yeah. One thing that came up in the research that I just could not find a good place uh, to fit into the episode was some speculation about how she may have been named for Mary Magdalene. The Maggie part of her name may have been named after a grandmother whose name is Margaret. Uh, The Lena part is a little not as clearly documented. And so the biographer, whose account I was reading, was like, could have been named after Mary Magdalene. And also noted that there was uh, one of the organizations that she was involved in or one of the de- departments, I don't remember the, de- the details, uh, that did not get mentioned in the show, um, was also named for Mary Magdalene, uh, which I thought was an interesting speculation. Huh. I have questions for you about the listener mail. Okay. <laughs> one. You mentioned that your family has, like, a family fudge recipe that does not involve a marble slab. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you the question. Mm-hmm. Does it involve the inclusion of nuts in the fudge? Yes. Why? Um, okay, I don't know. <laughs> um, starting before I was born, uh, my mom, every year, uh, primarily my mom, my dad had some involvement, too, uh, would make these things she called goodie boxes. She would make them at Christmas every year. Um, that She would make a whole bunch of chocolate chip cookies, a whole bunch of fudge. My dad usually would be the one who made peanut brittle. And then as my mom, uh, my mom is disabled, and as her disability made her less able to do some of this, my dad has picked up a lot of the, like, goodie box preparation. And <laughs> two things in the goodie boxes are chocolate chip cookies and fudge both of which contain nuts, Uh, both of which uh, my spouse has some very strong opinions about how those should not be in there. (laughs) He does? He and I have never discussed this, but now I feel bonded to him in a new way. Yeah. um, So I have never tried to make the fudge recipe myself. I have, though, made my mom's chocolate chip cookie recipe a whole bunch, and I usually, instead of putting nuts in there, put some extra chocolate chips Uh, so that the, like, cookie-to-solid-piece ratio will still be pleasing and it won't be too much cookie and not enough other bits. Yeah, I'm not a fan of nuts in baked goods. Just, I like my texture a little more consistent than that. 
Yeah. I will say, have you ever done a thing where the additional chocolate chips you put in your chocolate chip cookies, you use a different chip, like a butterscotch? Ooh, no. Highly recommend. Uh, my other question is, um, that tombstone got me to thinking what recipe you might want on your gravestone if you did such a thing. Oh, that's a good question. So another another recipe that was a big part of my uh, family gathering life as a child was a potato casserole recipe made from, uh, as I remember it, when I was a child, they were made with hash browns, but not the shredded hash browns that came in a bag. They were made with the patties, and we would have to put the patties through the vegetable grater. And I have modified that somewhat from the way that my mom made it when I was a kid to instead use the shredded potatoes. Um, I could also be conflating that with something else. I just remember the experience when I was a child of putting cold frozen hash browns uh, to like break up the, break them up to not be salad pieces. Huh. I'm fascinated. It's very good. It's full of potato and cheese. I mean, that's salt. Done. Yeah. Yeah, cream of chicken soup, unless we're having some vegetarians over, and then we have cream of mushroom soup instead. Yum. I'd, I, it made me think of what I would want, and I think it would probably be a cocktail recipe, but I don't know which one yet. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might be the classic vodka Collins, which is one of my things that I drink <laughs> a lot of. And it's a very old-fashioned, it's a very 70s drink, but I love it. Yeah. Um, but I, Or maybe something more original. Who knows? Yeah. Just a good food for thought. Things I w- would like to be remembered for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like today's behind the scenes has said the least about the subject of the episode and the most about the subject of the listener mail. Um, yeah. I do love Maggie Lena Walker, though. Oh, she's great. Glad I was able to take the opportunity to learn more than my limited knowledge was about previously. Also glad that she's gotten, I mean, recognition beyond what we talked about in the in the sh- in the show. And in addition to the statue, there are also schools named for her and streets named for her and all kinds of stuff named for her. Um, an increasing body of discussion about specifically economic work uh, among Black communities after the Civil War during Reconstruction, uh, which has not been discussed as much compared to, like, how much discussion there's been of more education and social service conversation. So, interesting thread of research there. We talked about John Henry Pepper this week. Yeah, I think this episode had more instances of the letter P than any other episode we have ever, ever, ever done. It's definitely a plosive party going on over uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. <laughs> we we kind of hinted at it in the episode, but it does certainly all, all of the information we have about Pepper and how he handled other people and things in his life make me wonder, as much as I certainly love Pepper's ghost and its place in in entertainment history, was he just an enormous pain in the neck to be around? <laughs> it kind of seems like it. Um, like he seems in some ways very fun and people spoke so lovingly of him and seeing him give lectures when they were kids. Mm-hmm. But then I think maybe on an interpersonal level, 
he had some challenges mm-hmm. with dealing with other people. <laughs> As we said, we've both known that person. Yeah, yeah. That exuberant and flamboyant person who doesn't like to be in any way herded in a direction they don't want to go. Nope. Yep. Or even just questioned. His um his writing in that book that he wrote near the end of his life is very defensive. <laughs> it is all very, I did everything right. There were even, like, him being called Professor Pepper, he didn't actually have, like, credentials as right, a, right. a teacher, which I don't think he ever claimed he did. That was sort of a nickname, but enough people had clearly mentioned it as something possibly shady mm-hmm. that he basically, like, goes on a whole diatribe in that book about how he did not give himself that name Other people gave him that name. He never claimed to be something he was not. And part of me is like, are you just a pain in the neck? But I can also imagine that if you are a person in that position where someone is questioning you constantly for things that, like, were not your doing, that you might, towards the end of your life, be like, I've had it. I got to say my piece. (laughs) I also know this is not exactthe same thing, but I I kind of like the idea that like the guy giving the lectures at the science museum could just become such a beloved celebrity. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. Um I mean it, it is one of those things that I think we have all probably I hope we have all known a person in our life that made learning really fun mm-hmm. and took concepts that sometimes had been sort of characterized as though they were for higher minds and been like, no, 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 let me break it down. And like, it sort of makes you fall in love with learning. Mm -hmm. And I think he was that at a time when there was not a lot of that, right? Like in the mid-1860s, in terms of general lectures, probably not a lot of people trying to reach out to folks that did not have a whole lot of formal education and go, you know, you can learn this stuff, right? Yeah. Which is pretty great. That was honestly one of the things that uh, that frustrated me as a child about the transition from elementary school to middle school, because it felt like a lot of things in elementary school that were supposed to be fun, including the library, were not fun anymore in middle school. They were work now. Right. Uh, Like, our elementary school library was this bright, welcoming, open space with cozy places to read, and possibly influenced by the fact that our the middle school was older than the elementary school library was in terms of the actual building. The middle school library was dingy with shelves in rows and hard tables to sit at. And the, the shift in approach from teaching a lot of things went from, here's a fun thing we're going to do, to sit down and shut your mouth and learn this. <laughs> right. It was less about discovery, and that's when it shifts to become more about memorization. Yeah. 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 That's part of what kills it off. I know that's not the case with the way a lot of people are teaching now, but that was my experience growing up. Right. And I mean, when you think about, right, like that that write-up in the Australian paper about, like, how many people learned practical stuff from him that we can't ever quantify his influence, really, since he was inviting people, you know, and so was the Royal Polytechnic, people that were, you know, laborers, essentially, in some cases, to come and listen to a lecture and learn about this thing. Like, how many of them gained a, a broader understanding of the world and were able mm-hmm. to tackle things? Um, that also is a, a theme that runs through 
his book for boys and science, which much of it is for boys and science, which is problematic, but also uh, the blind spot of the times, Mm. um, is that like, no, no, if you learn all these things and you learn about how all of them work, like you will be able to handle anything. It's very much about like empowering people through learning, which I love. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention, which is silly, and I swear I don't mean to keep mentioning cocktails all the time, but... I wanted to mention to anybody uh, who might be going to Disney World, there is actually a cocktail you can get in Disney World called Pepper's Ghost. Fun! They serve it at the Abracadabra, which is on the boardwalk, and it's a magic-themed bar. And there's lots of references to illusionists in it. Uh, and it's got, like, pineapple vodka and habanero lime, and it's got a little, uh, I think it has a little black pepper on top. It's quite a tasty beverage. My husband sure likes it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That sounds good. <laughs> so he is um, also memorialized in the form of a libation, in addition to all of the ways that his work is still being used today. <laughs> Which goes back to my my other Friday uh, commentary on wanting to be remembered for cocktails. So there you go. Pepper and I clearly have not a thing necessarily in common, but a link in this way. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> my aspirations uh if this is your weekend coming up uh we hope that it is filled with joy and delight and is smooth as silk and that you get so much rest and fun packed in without exhausting yourself uh if you have obligations like you maybe have to work or you just have a bunch of stuff you have to do i hope it goes as well as it possibly can it is not stressful and that people are always nice to you we will see you right back here tomorrow with a classic and then we'll be back again on monday with new shows Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.